Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, Shall the Dead Arise and Praise Thee? It shall be focused on the study of Psalms chapter 87 and 88. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, like David was saying, Lord, shall the dead praise thee? Shall you find praise in the grave? Father, we thank thee for the opportunity and the gift of life. And with every breath, we dedicate our lives to thee for thy honor and for thy glory. May you have your way in our lives. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Psalms chapter 87 and 88. Psalm 87 A Psalm or Song for the Sons of Korah His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Selah. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there, and of Zion it shall be said, This and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. Selah. As well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there. All my springs are in thee. Psalm 88 A song or psalm for the sons of Korah to the chief musician upon Meolath Lianath, Maskel of Heman the Ezraite. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps, Thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves, Selah. Thou hast put away mine acquaintance far from me. Thou hast made me an abomination unto them. I am shut up, and I cannot come forth. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. Wilt thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee, Selah? Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Shall thy wonders be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why castest thou off my soul? Why hidest thou thy face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer thy terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. 
lover and friend hast thou put far from me, and mine acquaintance into darkness. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Burnham titled Elijah and the Meal Offering. This was preached in 1960 on March the 10th. We'll begin at paragraph 31 up to paragraph 56. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Use an old proverb, God dishonoring proverb, that says that God helps those who help themselves. That's dishonorable to God. God helps those who cannot help themselves. He is a God of those who needs mercy. And He is a merciful God. And that proverb that says that He helps those who help themselves, if you can help yourself, you don't need His help. But He helps those who cannot help themselves. But the nation had thought as long as they were eating good and were well clothed that everything would be all right. But there was one who still was old-fashioned that believed that there was a God that was old-fashioned. Believed that there was a God that kept his word. Believed that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was holy and required complete surrender to his holiness. But Jezebel and her modernistic crew hated him. He was their pastor, but they didn't believe it. So he had to hide for his life. God had sent him up on the mountain and said, gave him a message and said, Go down and tell that old wicked king, Thus saith the Lord, it's not going to rain or even the dew will fall until you call for it. Give it into Elisha's mouth to call for the rain when it was time for it. But he had the keys of heaven. He could close it or open it. And he said, I want you to go up out of the wilderness, of this into the wilderness rather, out of this chaos. Get out from among them. You preach to them and they won't listen to you and they're continually getting worse. Go on up into the wilderness and they're set down by the brook Cherith, and I already commanded the ravens to take care of you. Oh. If the people want, God's got crows that can do it. John said, God's able of these stones to rise children unto Abraham. Jesus said, if they hold their peace, the rocks will immediately cry out. God can do what he wants to. He said, I've commanded the ravens and they're going to feed you. And they brought him flesh and bread. Someone said one time, where did they get it, Brother Branham? I said, I don't know. The only thing I know, they brought it. They got it from the same place that Jesus did when he took five fish and, or five biscuits and two fish and fed five thousands. It come from the same place creative hand of God Almighty. They brought him fish and bread, the crows, sat down and handed over to Elisha, and he ate it. 
and stooped down and drank from the fountain, God was resting his prophet. Oh, I'm so glad that God has a way of escape. And when they thought he was crazy, that old prophet, an old killjoy, always trying to take the joy out of their little uh, happy parties they were having, tell them it was sin. And God, him following God's commission, went up into the mountains and sat down on the high place, the driest place in the country, but God kept the brook running. And they were down there gnawing their tongue for water. You know, God has a way of answering prayers. This little woman had lived true. She had not remarried again. She was staying single to meet her husband in glory. She was an honorable woman. And for weeks the barrel had been going down, down, and her continually praying. And still looked like there was no hope in sight nowhere. You know, there we can get a lesson from that. That if you have prayed and met all the requirements that God requires you to meet, and still He's silent, He doesn't say anything, and yet you've met the requirements. Now, what happens then? If you know that you have met His requirements, and you've done all that you know to do, then Faith doesn't waver, it just sits still and thinks positive. Faith takes its everlasting grip around the rock of ages and doesn't move. That great fellow called faith. I've often said faith's got hair on the chest. When he speaks, everything else shuts up. When faith says, shut up! then everything stops because he's the boss. And she had met every requirement. She'd lived clean. She'd lived decent. She'd lived honorable. And she'd met all of God's requirements. But looked like he was silent. God does that sometimes to test you to see what kind of a reaction you'll have. Don't forget it. You pass over the platform. You're prayed for and hands laid on you. It seems like nothing happens. That doesn't stop faith one bit. You have met God's requirements. Now, if you have met them, now if you're holding back on God, you know your heart condemns you. And we know if our heart condemns us not, then we have. Now, but if our heart condemns us, there's no need of coming across the platform. There's no need of asking God for anything because you don't have faith to receive it. But when you have met every requirement that God requires, then faith steps out there and says, God is God. I've met the requirements. The scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. As the song says, teach me, Lord. Oh, teach me, Lord, how to wait. Get my soul washed in the blood of Calvary. 
meet every requirement, burn all the bridges around and say, Now, Lord, nothing in my arms I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. You promised it, Lord. That's the kind of condition, the reason people think that I'm an isolationist. But in the room or over on the side of the desert, that's the condition you've got to get into before you walk into this pulpit here. Because Satan's always dropping in little imps to try to upset something, and you must be right holding on to the cross, not trusting your own ability, your own thoughts, just leaning on the everlasting arms. Claiming no intelligence, claiming no mind of your own, you're just opening yourself and let the Holy Spirit speak. That's the condition God wants His church in. Getting that condition. God tries you. Every son that cometh to God must first be tried, chastened, to see if he can stand chastisement. If we walk up and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sins and rose again the third day, he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chest of my pieces up on him, and with his stripes I am healed. When you say that with a confess, all your sins and your iniquities and your abilities and all that you have lay on the altar, then there with nothing in your arm, Satan's going to shoot every dart at you he can. But then if you turn aside from that and say, well, maybe I didn't get saved. Maybe I didn't get healed. Then turn away from that. The Bible said you are illegitimate children and not the children of God. God tests every son of Abraham like he did Abraham, for we are Abraham's seed. By being dead in Christ, we are Abraham's seed and are heirs according to the promise. Abraham's seed, that's the spirit that Abraham had. He had the promise given in him. Our father trusted God and took a promise, an impossibility, and held on to it for 25 years before it was ever manifested, getting stronger all the time. His seed just like the father. No matter what happens, when we're prayed for, it's settled. When we get everything out of the way, met all requirements, get everything out of the way, then ask God and stand there knowing you're going to receive it. God tested Job like that. When Job asked for mercy, offered a sacrifice for his children, the only thing that that prophet had was a burnt offering. But that was all God required. God doesn't require education and a lot of nonsense. He requires a surrendered heart to His will. He doesn't ask you to dress in a certain way or or go to certain things or to out of certain colleges or degrees. He asks for a humble, contrite, broken spirit and a willing heart to receive Him. He tried Job and see what kind of a reaction he would find in him. 
But when he took his sheep and took his ox and took his camels and took his children, I'll see what Job says now. And he said, The Lord gave and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He found what he had told Satan he had in Job. None like him on the earth. Then the thunders begin to roar. The lightnings begin to flash. The Spirit come up on the prophet and he screamed, I know my Redeemer liveth. And at the last days he'll stand on the earth. Though the skin worms destroys this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. Mine eyes shall behold and not another. He tested the Hebrew children to see what kind of a reaction they had had. They had confessed among the heathens that there was a living God. There was a Jehovah God. And that he was God of heaven and God of earth. And he held every soul in his hand. So God let them be tested. And they had met all the requirements. They had prayed up and got everything out of the way. And they would not bow down. To the king's image, and he hit the furnace seven times hotter than it ever was. I no doubt that Satan was trying to tell him this is the end of the road. I like the way they talk. Our God is able to deliver us from that fiery furnace. But nevertheless, if he does not, we'll not break God's commandments. We'll stay true. Let our faith ring out through the years to come that we stayed true to the promise of God. My God is able to heal me from this, or my God's able to take me from this wheelchair. My God's able to do this, but I've accepted Him as my healer. I've confessed my sins, my unbelief, and confessed that I believe that He is my healer. Let come, let go what may. If I'm not well today, I will be tomorrow. If I'm not tomorrow, I'll be next year. The Lord gave and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, for Thy loving kindness. We thank Thee, Lord, for how You said Your ever-present help in times of trouble. So, Father, we recognize how many times we made false equivalences. To think just because trouble has come upon us means maybe you are absent. But no, Father, the point is not about what situations look like, but it's about the fact that you're an ever-present help in times of trouble. So we rely, rely completely on you. We neglect any of the abilities that we think we have in ourselves, and we look toward you for salvation. So we... Tr- Lord, may, may, may the, the righteous not be forsaken and may they never be ashamed. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Sweet.